song built oh. into this one. Oh no! So are you gonna put it in later? Well, yeah. No. Yeah. No, Kai. There's Kai literally no way to edit to, to augment or you to can't, change audio tracks you after can't, you record them. As they say on Behind the Sucks. Bastards, you can't edit audio. That's the big problem. That's the. Huge, I don't. I don't know anything funny. about audio recording or what it is that you kids do with your ding dang computers. <laughs> your ding dang. But uh, the last time I recorded something, it was um, on my uh, cassette burner my tape player <laughs> your cassette um, burner. that where i burnt a cassette um your local baptist church I yeah that's just called a trash can fire yeah <laughs> i burned a lot of cassettes i think that's that called a pta and meeting. then i and then i played them in my car and that was all that i and you know you can cut the the the, the long tape to the tape yes you can cut it and splice other tape in there uh-huh. with tape you mean a a mixtape yeah how it used to be mm-hmm. done exactly that's yeah. what i'm saying so anyway, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to come into this with one of my classic high Kaiisms, which is just, just to explain a concept from the 1990s to us and 1980s, to explain badly. a to explain to badly explain a concept to people to who do least, not want to know, and at least mm-hmm. one person in this room who is older than you about things that happened when. In the 90s. Yes. There are places you can still find mixtapes online. Like, I think Blaylock's Indie Rock Playlist has a few. Um, and they don't have track listings or anything. And they have little political speeches and other things, like, cool. spliced in. It's That's very fun, fun and That's weird. Fun. Yeah. I like that. What a nice gift weird. for someone. Yeah. Um, so, welcome to If It's Gay We Play. Welcome to If It's Gay We Play. The podcast where we record it now. Um, I'm Kai. <laughs> the podcast my pronouns, that we started doing again. My pronouns Yay. are Z, her, hers. I'm Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And in the room with us. Oh, in yeah, he's person. here in person. In the flesh. Uh, my I touched him. His I'm flesh, him. His flesh is just everywhere. My, <laughs> my everywhere. fleshy folds are here. You're not pink. Heaving. Live. In, yeah, I'm live. I'm live. And I'm in concert. It's Aaron Dupuis. Yeah. He, him, Baby. his. Yeah. Cool. Him, his, he would have rhymed. Oh, so close to Fuck. introduction poetry. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. Everyone's forgiven. Welcome so, to our podcast. Yeah, we're very excited to be back. Um, boy, howdy, do we have a lot in store for you today. Um, I should, what are we going to do for the intro? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you something? I smoked all that space cream and I accidentally got so high that I forgot we had to introduce the podcast. <laughs> I so... found I found a strange anyway. Nobody wants to hear me talk about how high I am. <laughs> but what are we gonna do for the intro though? Aaron's here. Did we forget? <laughs> did we all forget how to do this? <laughs> well, generally no. there's some nonsense talk for about five minutes. I know. And then somebody asks really... somebody else what the gayest thing they did. Yeah, I'm nice. aware of what is supposed to happen, but nobody can seem to find the nonsense talk, and I don't know where she went. <laughs> Joke. Hey, jokes. Come back. This is the. Back do you know the well, no one drinks it's... milk here, so also <laughs> nonsense talk could have been missing for a while with. Her face plastered on every carton. Oh and you my would never god! Know. Wow. 
The fact that you had known. to explain your joke wow. do you in think, the joke. Do you I think, can't explain to the listener how do you think upset if they still you both did, looked with, uh, with me. Do they still do missing kids on milk cartons? They don't, right? Because the internet exists. I don't know, dog. We don't get milk cartons, so how would we? I yeah. don't know. They don't. I've never no. seen that, but I like I drank milk as a child, and I I don't remember ever seeing that. In well, my they lifetime. don't. They didn't have it in the dairy, uh, in the golden dairy, meadow dairy, the 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 milk that they gave you in school in Colorado. Do you remember that? We it's also like, bought no. Yeah, I know the little tiny ones. The little I tiny know that ones. it never that. They... I'm saying we bought milk at our house. Oh too. yeah, I mean yeah, I guess that's fair. what I. That's but what I mean. it'd be pretty <laughs> weird to is... give children milk with faces of missing <laughs> children. That was my point. That was my point. Was why no, I but like we but we went to the grocery store. And Here's we what the milk. difference I think is 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 milk is now like mass produced at like these large factories in like the it middle of nowhere, too. right? It was then too. They yeah. put on milk cartons you bought in the grocery store. Where do you think that came from? No, what I'm you're not listening to me. Okay, I'm not fair. done with the story. Fair. Um but I think that milk was produced more locally when they put them on the cartons, right? And so it would be relevant to the location. I mean, maybe like maybe it was produced more, more small, like uh, smaller scale just because there were fewer people yeah, on the planet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But no, it was like big mass-produced homogenized milk mm, that you got in grocery stores. It probably even worse in the 80s. Like milk. Like, Man, I don't know. Was that food? the 80s? Yeah, dude. Oh, shit. Foods, f- f- nobody cared about kids missing until the 80s. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about missing and murdered kids lately. So I feel like a ding-dang expert. Is that why you're so chipper all the time? Maybe. I've been listening to a lot of, of, I've been telling you a lot of good true crime journalism. And I keep telling you, boy, howdy, do I not want to listen to stories about murder. So I don't tell you them. I'm just telling you that. I know. I'm I'm just telling you some facts about milk carton kids. Aaron, what kind of podcast do you listen to? Do you drink milk? (laughs) I both drink milk and listen to podcasts almost exclusively about murder. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It makes I me get feel you, better somehow. Get you a friend group that does both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I prefer people who do one or the other. I can only have friends. I don't believe that people can truly both enjoy milk and podcasts Well, about here was my original question. Yeah, if Hannah. they still did the milk carton kids, do you think they'd put them on vegan milk? Because like, I feel like vegans would be way more likely to care about missing kids. They should if they don't. And they don't, so they should. Yeah. That wasn't that, like... The moment it kind of passed for that statement already. Um, hey, Kai. Hey, Hannah. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Oh. Um, Save me for myself. Yeah, happily. Uh, I think the gayest thing that I've done this week was go to a burlesque performance done, performed by all of my friends, many of whom are sapphic and sexy. All of whom are sexy. Well, yes, many of whom are sapphic, comma, all of, all of whom are, are sexy, sexy. Um, it, to the tune of uh, 1980s-style Valentine's Day. It was very, very good, um, and I went there with, because it, it was from the 80s, and it was No, Valentine's I know. It just the, That was just a very funny way to say that. You said, to the tune of 1980s-style Valentine's <laughs> well, you see, Day. You know, the famous hit by Lou Reed. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> So anyway, um... Um, so we went to this cabaret with uh, our immediate polycule, which is um, myself, Hannah, uh, my girlfriend, and <laughs> okay. I do Whoa. not know how to. Ref- I do not know how to refer to them. What is girlfriend? Is uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna put um, in your mouth. And in Hannah's partner. Yes. So hi, Danielle. 
She so gave me we permission went, to say her name oh, on that's the podcast. Cute. So we went on what is basically a double date, except where all of the people, not all of the people, but a lot of the people were involved with each other. <laughs> yeah, you know how polyamory is? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like that. And um, we dressed up really sexy, all of us. Yeah. And, separately um, sexy together. Separately yes. sexy together was exactly the theme of the evening. And we met up with Aaron and Charles. Mm-hmm. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Um, and uh, all of our other wonderful friends. And Addie was, was really in the fun. cabaret. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah hi, friend of the show, Addie. First one of our guest on this podcast. Guest. One of our... Uh, friends Alyssa was like Aaron what are you doing here I'm like well I heard there'd be boobies and I love <laughs> looking at those and she said your friend's boobies for shame I said contraire my favorite kind yes thank you yes, correct exactly. I was like also what are you doing here then <laughs> what are any of us doing here Alyssa Shakespeare it was all of incredible us, all of us knew why we were there it was to see all of our friends titties my favorite thing loud and proud on that our friend weird group stage is that our friends are very excited and proud about their titties. And mm-hmm. we all want to see their titties also. And everyone and knows that, that and loves that. And they want us to see their And they want us to see their titties. And we want to see their titties. And everyone gets titties. And Colleen's aunt money. was very excited <laughs> Colleen's about aunt the titties. was so excited about the titties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody who was there was was excited about the Nobody titties. in the room was upset about titties, and no. I love that. Uh-huh. And I know for a fact there was at least one gay man there. And then and even later, then, yeah, and then later that theater. night, and then later that night, Danielle accidentally took a video of one of my titties. So it was almost <laughs> like I was a part of the show. Amazing. It is. Because it is. she's uh, famous and hot. Exactly, and she videotaped my singular titty. Your titty is now, but extension famous and hot exactly but just this one not the other one Mm-mm, the other one sucks that, the would, other be, titty that would be left fucking not right sucks i'm sorry listening at home yeah the we left love the left titty. hate the right what i'm gonna do left get top surgery right. just on right titty like an amazon half and half yeah just like an amazon i'll be able to shoot a bow so good and hold a shield real good so anyway that's the gayest and thing i did this nothing week nothing will impede you from doing that so gayest thing i did this week uh-huh lots of dates yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was a da- it was a date, and it was, it was actually it's been two week. two weeks since we recorded. <gasps> nice. Uh, it's been two weeks since we recorded, so it was a date. It was a very <laughs> date heavy, partially because we, honestly, because we had so many goddamn dates. Yeah. So many gosh, I should that was harsh. So many gosh darn dates. We had so many gosh darn dates, Hannah, with each I'm other. I'm not mad about the everyone dates. Else. I'm stoked about the dates. I have like cuteness aggression at the same towards time. the dates. I know they're all very cute. We matched. It was cute. It was really cute. And if hot. you follow, if you follow, God, what's Danielle's Instagram account? Uh, uh, Danielle's Instagram is at the littlest pickle. That's it. Thank you. She is. If you follow at the littlest the verge pickle, of being a micro influencer. If you push follow her over the at top, the littlest fam. pickle, push her over the top, and you can see a photo of all of us dressed up for the event. And I look. You know what I kept thinking of the whole night? I was what? wearing fishnets, and I was in my wheelchair. <gasps> um, and I thought of the fucking professor the, the from professor Rocky, Rocky Horror. Horror. Yes, yeah, when that's we do what the floor the show, we are building a yes. cast. Aaron, do you want to be Rocky if we have a cat Rocky Horror cast? You'd be a perfect Rocky. I'd be a perfect professor. A Rocky Horror cast? Yeah. Yeah, for Rocky Horror. Like, you're going to put on Rocky Horror? No. no. Just to, like, be. Maybe for Halloween. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Something. I'd be a yeah, Rocky. Great. Amazing. Yeah, or we you. could put on Rocky Horror if we wanted to. Oh, so any... We, yeah. So, so we, we don't all, have fucking, to. Fucking dare us. Yeah. Yeah, fucking, fucking dare hey, us. Hey, hey, you didn't think we could hey, do it, listener? Hey, 
Yeah, fucking I see. Da- you. I fucking dare okay, you. So that's the I see you in your faux week. leather Hannah, armchair. Hannah, 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 what's the gayest thing you did this week? Hashtag, you gotta move the fucking show hashtag along. Hashtag dare us to do Rocky Horror. Um, <laughs> it was just challenge my audience to dare me to do Rocky Horror. Just fucking tell me. <laughs> just tell me. I'm dying. I'm dying to know. Uh, lots of dates. I mean, yeah, lots and lots of dates. Um, uh, some spe- a special. I had uh, my first ever special romantic Valentine's date, not on purpose. It just happened to be a Friday night, and uh, we uh, we went to a sushi restaurant. Well, first we drove around for an hour trying to get to one sushi restaurant, but it was in Lota during rush hour, so that wasn't going to happen. So we had to go to a show. So we went to sushi, and we went to a show, and uh, we uh, had some romantic confessions, and it was very nice. And then we smoked a ton of weed. So that was definitely the gayest thing I did in the past two weeks uh, was uh, uh, have a, a, a grand romantic confession with a, a lady. It was very gay. Um, and then I went to a burlesque show and hooted and hollered, I would say. Stomped and hollered. My voice was almost entirely gone. At my Oh, and Aaron was there at our table, too. Aaron yeah, was there the whole at time. Our, at, at our, and, and Tiffany, who's very powerful. And Charles. And Charles, hi Charles. Hi Charles. Hi, Charles. <clears throat> I, I, I would say I stomped and hollered at my friend's beautiful titties. All oh yeah, they're great. Titties. And beautiful, can I say, let us not forget, very beautiful butts. Let also us very not discount butts, yeah. the butt portion yeah. of the experience. A lot of butts. Positive. A lot of butts. You know what my favorite thing was? What? When uh, Dark Betty got uh, water poured on her. That was great. That was great. That was great. There's a lot of shirt tearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fav- my other favorite thing was when Jimmy tore off his shirt. I love yeah. when Jimmy turn up, tore off his shirt. I love that. I love. I his liked little, when I, I got his little zebra print pink. Yes. Fucking briefs. I liked when Miss Anthrope let me unbutton part of her shirt. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I and also liked that. And then she did uh, pretend to fuck herself with a cross. I liked that also. That was pretty good. I liked that very much <laughs> as like a person with a Catholic background. I, was, I thought you were going to say fetish, which is also true. Well, yeah, I, that's also true, but that's separate. I am that's too, entirely separate from the Catholic no, background. Honey, it's entirely separate. Hannah, you know, okay. It's, I was going to say, it, it could not be less. No, never have two things been less separate. Yeah, and right. now I'm too torqued to continue <laughs> sitting at this Ikea table because I will break it um, with and- my sheer sexual energy. Can we do a little Aaron check-in? Yeah, yeah. I, to I have to leave to go support Dylan. Erstwhile guest on this podcast. Erstwhile guest and friend. Mm-hmm. Erstwhile friend <laughs> also. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, what's the check-in? What do you want to check Where in Where have about? you been? What have you been doing? Yeah, how are you? Uh, have you been playing anything? Is there anything you want to update us on? Have you been getting anything? Have, ooh, you've been playing Subnautica. Yeah, so ooh, I beat scary. Return of the Obra Dean. I think we talked about that. No, we did I, not. Oh, well, oh my goodness. So my new goal has been to just beat game after game. So I finished Red Dead. Um, I started playing the first one again because um, it's on PS now. So that's fun. Uh, then I beat Return of the Oprah Dean. Really good game. I can definitely recommend it if you're a big fan of puzzles and experimental indie stuff. But as far as mm, it doesn't have much replay value, nor is it that long. So definitely get it on sale. Um, and it left me wanting more, so I hope they do more projects of that type. After the success, um, now I'm on to Subnautica, which I got probably about forty percent of the way through. Um, 
a year and a half ago when I had the flu, um, and which is a great game if you're sick. Just start Subnautica mm. if you're ill because you'll want to not stop, and so the best time to start is when you have, you have nothing, else, nothing to else to do or that you can do. Uh, it's pretty all-encompassing. Play it in the dark with over-ear headphones, preferably. No. Thank you. Do it. I would rather die. It's not scary in and of itself, uh, but it is scary. No, it's ocean. That's scary. It's very scary. scary. But not ocean because it's a scary. horror game. It's just because you'll hear, you'll be, your computer voice in your character's headset will be like, um, just so you know, you, uh, below you is the continental shelf and, uh, there's like 1200 kilometers of open water beneath you now. And then you, and then of course that's when one of the two night cycles on this planet, cause there's two, yeah. cause it has a moon that is like way close. Uh -huh. And so there's a solar eclipse every single day. It's that's uh, like a 10 minute cool. night. And then there's like the last like 20 minutes of the day. And then there's like long night wow. and you never know which you're in the middle of. I, at least I'm bad at keeping track. So, um, yeah, it'll, you'll just hear, you know, noises and then uh, your thing will be like yeah 1200 meters deep right below you and uh, then you hear like oh god oh, from like way down that the sounds depth. like a little whale yeah yeah well you never know oh what it is god. because it's an alien planet full of it's alien just, life like, forms I like, in the ocean. I like the air and whale noises that makes me want to die. I want to it's the so Aaron awesome whale. I wish I could describe there's a VR version too oh, fuck god. me I would yeah. hate that now, now you've I really I really want to do it Fucking I, yeah, buy it on our VR, I dare you. I wish I could describe to you the physical sensation of my body. It looked bad. You were just recoiling and throwing your <sighs> hands really everywhere bad. and it's really shuddering. Bad. No, thank you, no, thank it you. Is, so anyway, that's going well for you, Aaron. Yes, it's really, I don't know, it's just fun to be a little guy on a submarine in the pitch dark of the ocean and like you turn off your sub because you have to conserve energy and you turn off the lights so that nothing like comes and attacks your vessel and you know kills you a thousand uh feet down underwater mm -hmm. and you hear the pressure of water mm -hmm. um like making your sub creak mm -hmm. as the computer is like uh we're reaching maximum depth like the hole can't take it for much longer and you're just kind of sitting there like all right well i guess i'm gonna eat this fruit that i'm growing in my fancy futuristic submarine i don't know it's just quite the experience Probably my favorite game. Yeah, it's probably Red Dead 2 and then Subnautica are my favorite games of the last 10 years. Damn, dude. Wow. Last of Us, third. Or third. Yeah. Wow. wow. So that's my wreck, I Thanks, guess. Aaron. How are you emotionally? Where are you oh, at? Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool, I'm, cool. I'm good. I got a cool new job. Tight. Lots of fun people there. Um, very excited to be working at Whistle Stop Coffee and Lee Summit. If we've got any KC listeners, come and see me. I'll sling you a, a nice latte with great foam because the cream always rises to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes oh. me really want to go get coffee we from Aaron. We also have oat milk. Oh, yeah. And I bought Ooh. black on black vans just for the job. Yeah, you Fuck did. yeah, you, you did. If you're a barista, you have to wear black on black vans. That's true. And oh. ankle length. Skinny jeans, uh -huh. which is Damn. what I, I outfitted myself with. So, yeah, I'm good. I got too drunk on my very first outing with my new coworkers. I puked a little bit. Oh, Not no. as much as some other people, but I still puked. And 
they made me toast, but that set off the fire alarm. And then I was too drunk and sleepy to eat the toast. So it was at some point placed on the bathroom floor. And then I sang Irish folk music. <laughs> Acapella. Oh, my. Um, yeah. And then I was asked, it's very cold in here. Would you like a sweater? I said, I like sweaters. <laughs> and by the time they returned with the sweater, I was already asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'd like to, you know, if only I could say I made a, a bad first impression, but that is just me. Yeah, no, you made an accurate first <laughs> if, impression. If anything, I've shown my, you know, my Best whole, my, I've shown my hand at yeah, this point. absolutely. So. Yeah, you really, I mean, there's, I don't, there's, I mean this in the, in a very, an extremely loving and positive way. There's no way to ease somebody into you. It, like, <laughs> it's, it, it's gonna. Tell me about it. <laughs> Oh boy! It's just you're really you're really just gonna get it all or none at all with 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 this boy. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, Aaron, I love yeah. you. I love you so much. So that's all the time I got because I gotta go support our friend in in his art and Good. um. But I'll be around this weekend. Don't worry, we'll do more fun stuff. This isn't the last <laughs> time that we've ridden, my friends. <laughs> My yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, Kai. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you so much louder than me. There we go. I just have to get closer to the mic. Good. We uh, we said goodbye to Aaron. We sent him on his way. Also, I have this, like, unholy contraption holding my mic, and you have a regular functional mic stand. Yeah. Mine. I I use that mic normally, and you use this mic, so. Well, they're the si- they're uh, it's you use this mic stand yeah. normally. You also normally sit over here. I do. This is different sitting energy. Yeah, this is different sitting energy that we're bringing to the room. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what games, what games are happening, Hannah, with you? Um. Please. Not, yeah, we definitely are still good at this, and people <laughs> s- still like our podcast. Uh, um. Yes. Not a lot of games. <laughs> I played an at like an hour of Crash Team Racing the other day. Oh yeah, I saw in, that. In between other things going on during the day, and I like was like, wow, this is, this feels like the first time I've like sat down and like played a video game in a minute. Um, that's right, because I've been the one that's been playing all the games. Yeah, and even then, I don't. I feel like you have not in. in I haven't been playing like yeah, that really many games, but I've game. played quite a few. Um, I. Play, we played some Mario Party the other night, a game that Aaron hates. Mm-hmm. We played, I played, like I said, some, played some CTR for about an hour. I have been playing some Pokemon Go. Okay, okay. Actually, I haven't told you about this yet because I've mm. been saving it for the podcast, and this is actually a large gaming development in my life. Wow, so, okay, I'm ready. For the entire time I've worked at Soul Tribe Tattoo, there has been a Pokestop right out front. It was the red high heel statue. Which I recall. belonged to the shoe store a couple doors down, yes. and the shoe store no longer exists and hasn't for a hot minute yeah it hasn't for a couple of years also the so and consequently the red high heel statue no longer exists yeah so but there was there was a pokestop still there anyway but like without any warning like two ish weeks ago mm-hmm. they t- that i just arrived at work and saw that the it was it wasn't even a pokestop it was a fucking gym that was right outside and so Damn. i would sit there and just like idly defend the gym and the gym was gone, uh, and instead it was replaced by a Pokestop that is across the street at Buffalo Exchange, and so I can't 
always reach it from my office, depending on where the GPS picks me up. And I am salty about it. I can't just sit there. And I, I mean, I get it most of the time, but, and I can just like walk to the front of the shop or like to the, you know, the street, but it's cold. It's winter time. And I'm just saying like, I had a lot of points racked up in defending that gym and I was working on a platinum medal and they just took it away with no warning. And so my home Pokemon gym disappeared, which I guess such is the way of Pokemon Go. It's just never happened to me before. I guess the game is now entering its fourth year. So. Wow. Or entering uh, now while it's completing, you know what I'm saying? It, it will yeah, turn no, this year. Yeah, no, that's just so wild. That's so wild. It's so wild that the summer of Pokeblading was four fucking years ago, yeah, dude. That's the amount of time of, like, high school or college. We've basically gone to high school since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, don't I know it. Anyway, Kai, what are you playing? Uh, I've been playing mini games. I started playing the um, third. Oh, fe- many games, not mini games. Yeah, I've been playing the third uh, Phoenix Wright game. Although we did play um, Mario two games of, of Mario Party the other day, which so is we mini games. Many mini games. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I've been enjoying that. Um, I I haven't gotten far enough to like think about it or talk about it because in between that. I have also played, um, I played Firewatch. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And I've been playing a shit ton of Tetris Effect. And Firewatch right. was absolutely incredible. I had just been, I just read about it, like, randomly on the internet. And I was like, you know what? I fucking wanted to play that, like, five years ago. I'm just going to buy it, and I'm going to play it and see what it's like. And it was delightful. Um, let me look up the developer real quick because I totally forgot. But it's one of those people that does the... Um, uh, Campo Santo, mm-hmm. um, uh, one of them, one of them indie developer. Yeah, one types. of them indie developer taps, and uh, basically, it's. I I feel like this really undersells the genre, but it's one of those quote unquote walking sims where you um, are going around the uh, the wilderness in um, uh, Shoshone, Shoshone, Shoshone. Wow. National Shoshone, Forest. Shoshone, Shoshone. Shosh- I think Shoshone is probably more correct, but I don't yeah. know if it's one of those um, cool things. So it is a fucking fascinating game because there's like there's mystery, there's intrigue, there's interesting dialogue choices, there's um like building a relationship with a person, there's figuring out stuff about your own history as well as the history of the location you're in, as well as like what's going on in the present and the location that you're in. And there's like twists and turns and unexpected developments and things that confused me and things that delighted me when I found them. Um I I think probably since it's been five years, I can go ahead and spoil Firewatch. Um, Has it been five years? It feels like it's been longer than that. Let me see. But I guess... No, I guess, yeah, I guess it came out... It's been four years, four-ish years. I was going to say, I guess it came out right around when I graduated college, because that's right around when I started getting into games again. Yeah. Um, You you play as um, this guy named Henry... And you're basically, like, falling in love and developing this relationship with this um, other person named Delilah, who's your supervisor, who's in a nearby... um, A nearby, like... Firewatch Tower. Yeah, Yeah, so you're, like... Firewatch Tower. Yeah, so you're... Well, it's not necessarily... Yeah, it's not necessarily modern. It's set in, like, the 1980s. 
modern. Um, it's not contemporary. That's but it's true. Modern. Yeah. Okay. Fair. It's modern. Um. So in the 1980s, and uh, you have one of a couple of different backstories, but either oh. way, you're estranged from your wife. Like you choose that backstory okay. for yourself, um, based on conversation choices that you make, and you choose like what what led you to the path that you're on right now, and like what your relationship with your wife was like and what your life was like before you like decided to run away to Wyoming um, when you lived, I believe, in Boulder, Colorado, actually. Oh. And that interested me a lot. Um, and all of these things are like very near to us and that interested me also. Uh, but there's like, at first you have an opportunity to be paranoid about hmm. Delilah and not believe Delilah about things Th there's basically just like the way that the game is played is you have all of these different opportunities to give in to paranoia and fear and then to choose um not to do that um and it's the game proceeds either way I think but you like that's how it feels to me and uh -huh. there is, like, whatever happens, I think there's this very intense and beautiful, like, ending scene where the fire that was close to you starts spreading towards you and everyone has to be evacuated. And you just have so many opportunities throughout the game to look at the fire. And even though it was made in 2016, um, it was quite beautiful the art style is very captivating and very mm -hmm. bright and welcoming it's really and pretty. warm it's a gorgeous game and the voice acting is very good um i mean it has to be because it's primarily voice acting that mm -hmm. tells the story and the certain little things that you can discover about the world around you uh really felt organic like the sense of finding something like truly finding something um and like interacting with the objects in the game is very robust um in some ways you can like pick stuff up and look at it basically and like read the titles of books and i find that interesting yeah there's like um immersive world building mm -hmm. it's just a super good game i would fully recommend picking it up like even four years later uh i just really like games like that and what remains of edith finch um Sometimes when I don't I feel... Game. I want to replay that game. Yeah, me too. I want to buy it for PlayStation. Sometimes when I don't feel capable of, like, playing one of those um, games that I'm well-renowned for saying I don't like open-world games, um, I'm very infamous for my dis disdain for open-world mm -hmm. games. Um, when I don't feel up to doing that, uh, playing one of these really pleasant, like walking storytelling beautiful games you know because they feel a little bit it's easier for me to pick up a book and read it than it is for me to play a video game sometimes and i know yeah, that that that's different sense. for some people totally. but for me it's it's hard um so the fact that it kind of feels like it mixes theater video game and book mm -hmm. makes me feel much safer in that world than it would be if it was just video game that makes sense yeah so that actually provides a very good segue i, I think to, to the topic that, at that hand transitions uh nicely into tell me about the topic that you want to talk about hannah yeah so i wanted to talk about because i i slash we uh until Kai played Firewatch, there's a little bit there where we just haven't been playing that many video games. And we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we can talk a little bit 
more in depth about this on this episode that we went to the hot springs for uh, my birthday excuse me i'm gonna burp great and uh purposely didn't bring any gaming systems or any electronics of any kind well we brought our phones but well yeah but i didn't use mine the whole time yeah yeah yeah. um i I, did because i get no data Yes, I had data, and it was my birthday weekend. I'm going to do whatever I wanted, and I uh, was enjoying getting nice birthday messages. Also, uh, sidebar, my shit... This is one of the gayest things that's happened to me recently. My shithead alcoholic dad reached out, and uh, for the first time in many years, uh, gave me something for my birthday. He just, like, sent me $200. Yeah, it was great. It paid for our groceries. It did. It paid for our groceries for the trip. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Anna. Yeah, thanks, me. Because uh, we're not thinking my shithead dad. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, and I was just thinking kind of about, like, the reasons that we take breaks from video games, even though it's something that we love very, very much and in mm. general is something that I think both I would describe as good for both of our mental health. Sure. But uh, there are times when we have to or feel compelled to take breaks, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about the reasons behind that and how, like, the actual f- act of not not specific games, but the act of playing a video game can impact mental health, mostly in a positive way. Obviously, Tetris effect and all that, but there's times when it's just like I need to not be doing that, you know, or it becomes mm-hmm. more of a compulsion than a soothing thing or something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that my best example of when this happens to me is um when i experience a uh, worsening of my chronic conditions right because the thing about having um oh what is this kind of disability that i have where you slowly get worse over time degenerative yes that's the thing about having a degenerative disability um is that symptoms that you never had before will like flare or like um symptoms that you did have before will flare but in a different way and you're kind of knocked on your ass for a while um like that first time last january when like my uh, actually last o- two octobers ago when my um fucking neck gave out when my mm-hmm. nerve got impinged or whatever um like stuff stuff happens stuff gets worse and i am stuck at home on the couch um and i'm lonely and i'm sad and i'm in pain and then is when i escape into uh, an open world video game like control or assassin's creed or um dragon age or anything like that because i have very distinctive memories in my brain of um during each time that one of my various disabilities including my mental health like my depression got worse and i needed to stay home for a specific for any particular reason i would spend long times at home deeply connecting with these video games um and sort of utilizing them as my uh like um rope to the outside world even though a lot of them were just single player rpgs um and those have been traditionally some of my worst times for my mental health because I'm a deeply social person and I need people and I need to do things to make myself feel like good and useful. 
Um, and when I can't do that, it's really hard for me. So af- after each of these times when I've been sucked into like these video games, I have often just totally cut myself off entirely to try to like reset my relationship to video games because for me previously um whenever I've wanted to sort of uh break an addiction to any of the various substances that I've been addicted to over the years I would just have to um just like reset my relationship to it and then after I reset my relationship to it I could like use that substance in a more reasonable manner than I had been previously. Like, that helped me recontextualize my relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And video games feel totally. like a similar thing. Totally. Do you, do you feel like you have similar experiences? I do. Yes, I do. And it's interesting because you and I are very different people. You are much more prone to addiction than I yes. am, I would yes, say. Yes, 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 yes. You have a very addictive personality. I don't na- – that is that's not a not real a, thing. I know that's not a real thing. I was I was about to say, I know that doesn't exist, but – whatever you are just more prone to addiction than i am yes. um and like i just i smoked cigarettes occasionally for a while like some more times than others but one day i was just like i don't like this anymore and just stopped and have never felt compelled to pick it up again. cigarettes were the hardest thing for me to quit yeah and i used to smoke hookah like all the time and now i like i don't really have a desire to smoke tobacco hardly ever anymore i like going to hookah bars i like the social aspect of it but um, anyway, that's to say that uh, recontextualizing when I do have compulsions, like re- recontextualizing my relationships to them, are much harder um, for me. I think because I'm not maybe I'm not practiced at it or I don't think about it as much. And so, like biting my nails, for instance, is I know a I constantly compulsion. am catching you doing. I know that. I don't do it as much anymore. I'm biting, no, right you now don't I'm do it as much anymore. Cuticles because they're just they're ragged. Well, you gotta stop time. biting at them. Well, I know, but it's it's they. What happens is they they like fray because I it's winter time and because I have to scrub my hands a lot at work. Mm. Um, because I work in a tattoo shop sure. and our soap is really harsh because it's a tattoo shop. Um, so I use lotion and stuff, but it just my cuticles just get torn up. Mm. So then I bite the the hangnails off. So it's like a vicious cycle. People who bite their nails know what I'm talking about, which is a lot of people listening to this episode, I'm sure. Um, it's there's no shame in biting your. I mean, it's disgusting. After I will tell you, after getting sick, really sick, three times last year, uh, is is helping me finally, at least mental block my way out of biting my nails sometimes yeah. because I got norovirus and the flu last year. Yeah, dog. Like, fuck that. Um, but, like, it's it's real. Like, biting your nails can be, like, a, de- a debilitating compulsion. Like, I have bitten my nails so badly that, like, my hands hurt to, like, use before just because of, like, compulsive compulsion and anxiety and mm-hmm. how that mechanism works in the brain. Um, and video games can, can be, like... So especially phone games, but it's not special. It's not necessarily specifically phone games. It does tend to be puzzle, simple puzzle games. Mm-hmm. Uh, can become this like all-consuming compulsion for me that becomes, on the surface, games like um, Candy Crush are really good for your brain and are really fun and soothing and mindless. But for me, they could become almost this, like, compulsive, compulsive dissociative. I don't think games like Candy Crush are good for your brain because they're built around the idea of getting you to not only pay, play more Candy Crush, but also pay for more no, Candy Crush. 
that's not necessarily true. I listened to that Lidology episode about it with that games expert we talked about. It can't, I mean, Candy Crush, maybe not, but Tetris for sure. But Tetris even, for sure, but not Candy Crush. But even Tetris for me. Either way, just let me talk. Sorry, I just wanted to talk I know, about I'm just, I'm just saying that match three games can also do a similar thing. Mm, yes, people. they can. Um, and it's, it's, I wasn't just completely pulling that out of my ass. I kind of know what I'm talking about. I know. Um, and even Tetris, like, I got, like, this way with Tetris 99 on the Switch. Anything that's, like really easy to just completely replay and like do over and over again and try to get a better score because i get this way about beat matching games especially if they're not super physically intensive um i had to like recontextualize my relationship to sayonara wild hearts because i was getting this way about sayonara wild hearts Mm -hmm. i was getting that compulsive perfectionist beat matching game mentality around it rather than this like beautiful soothing queer game mentality around it Mm -hmm. and and i don't really know i mean i i there's, I'm sure if I thought about it more, I could pinpoint like what it is about certain games. But there are certain games, and it, it's video games in general, but there are certain kinds of games. The more story a game has, the less likely this is f- for this to happen. Because um, I got this way about like CTR, like anything that I can just be like, well, one more round, one more round, one more round. I had to stop myself. I had to put a moratorium on Civ Five because I would just start playing Civ Five and suddenly it was four in the morning. Yeah. Because all Civ Five is is just clicking one more round. Yep. Again and again I and again and again. I can again. do the same thing with yeah. Civ Five. So I had to d- uninstall it for my laptop. Like I had to just like be like, no more Steam games for me for a while. Um, and I I used to get get this way. There's it can be anything. I get this way about social media, about scroll, anything that's scrolling based or click based, because I think it's, 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 it, it's, it fires a very specific mechanism of my brain that is only repetitive hyper focus, but it's like a record that's skipping. Like it's not, I'm not having any real new thoughts and I'm not feeling any real new feelings. And so I, I tend to get so like compulsive about it that I just totally dissociate and that's, Normally, I don't lose track of time anymore. I don't lose track of time until four in the morning. It used to happen all the time on StumbleUpon and on Tumblr were two things that, like, I could click or scroll until literally four or five in the morning and just have no awareness that I was doing it at all. Um, and so the things in my adult life that have been that way have been, like, Candy Crush, fucking po- I had to stop playing Pokemon Masters because it was that way. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Go is great because there's only so much you can do, especially if you don't live within like range of spinning a pokestop because yeah. then you can't even wait to like keep spinning the pokestop um and like tetris 99 uh a uh, little bit voet like beat matching games in general um it's hard again it's harder to be this way with beat saver because it's i'm not in very good shape right now and it's really labor like physically intensive um but the when i very first got it i did accidentally play it for like three hours and i took off my vr helmet it was like 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? It was very disorienting. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it's like they can be like with any – because they, they satisfy the thing in my brain, just the, like, just the pure dopamine receptor. It's why I – one of the reasons I have no interest in doing cocaine is it's – stuff like that is really dangerous for me that just satisfies the, like, go fast mechanism and not anything else. Um, which is why I like, like, games, my favorite games have both of that. Like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has a lot of story, 
but I can also just like go fucking raid forts for five hours and not think any real thoughts and listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts while playing Mass Effect 1 also, but that's because I don't like that game and I don't want to hear what they're saying. Um, Rude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know if I have a real conclusion to that other than just like I was thinking about the fact that like I've been taking a game break partially because games I was in this sort of like super depressed dissociative funk basically up until the new year and then especially up until we went to the hot springs mm-hmm. and did uh, some substances and uh, that helped my brain a lot that I actually did twice in the month of January I started painting again I haven't painted for myself in years um, so it's just it's 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 I'm in the process of recontextualizing my relationship to a lot of things in mm-hmm. my life and so taking a video game break, I think, has been... I've been, like, assessing all the things that make me... That I can be compulsive with. Or, mm-hmm. like, all the things that, like, I can be dissociative with. Or, yeah. like, obsessive with. Up to and including relationships. And totally. Like, like, slowing down. That's the theme of my year is, like, slowing down, not being cold figuratively and literally i wore shorts today it's february 21st as we are recording this i am very interested in the fact that it seems like the things that you experience and struggle with in terms of addiction or dissociation or escapism are the opposite of the things that i do in video games um because i escape fully into story as opposed to like repetitive puzzle solving Mm -hmm. or anything like that um and I'm sure both have, like, particular dopamine hooks that mm-hmm. get their nasty, grabby fingers into you. But um, I think that our compulsions align perfectly in the form of, um, like, all of those Dark Souls lore YouTube videos that yes, we watched. Absolutely. Or uh, fucking uh, Defunct Land. If either because of us get good are... enough at a Soulsborne game to enjoy it, I think we will both enjoy them very I think much. So too. I I just I think that there's a lot of different types of things that can grab people. Mm-hmm. Um and like swamp creatures and Yeah, and, and well ghosts. what what I also find uh compelling is the fact that the games that you're describing that cause you sometimes to have like dopamine trigger responses where you get stuck in them um, on this repetitive loop are the games that generally help me feel less um, distressed because the way that like my anxiety shows up um, games like the Tetris effect that cause the Tetris effect in humans like, i will say tetris it does not happen with tetris effect the vr game interesting uh, at all um that is much more of a, a brain good fully soothing experience the tetris effect actually makes me experience the tetris effect other tetris makes me just experience like stuck dopamine trigger yeah what's what's really interesting is that um there is is also um like evidence that uh tetris can help you like think better and smarter Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, and like engaging with tetris uh helps people who have ptsd i know that i talk about this all the time on this show um 
but I think about it all the time, like, since I was 12 and started playing Tetris because of PTSD reasons. I'm very glad that I'm coming back to it now, especially in the form of the Tetris effect, because I'm very good at Tetris, and it really helps me practice the art of letting go. My mm -hmm. mantra when I play the Tetris effect is, like, just trust that what comes next is going to be the right thing. Like, I think that the Tetris knows better than I do and will send me the correct piece. Cool. And I think that that has started translating into my, like, waking life more, not my cool. Tetris life, because I feel like I'm starting to feel like... Your meat life as opposed to Yeah, your my VR meat life. life seems to be, uh, you know, in increasing in quality if I just kind of trust more. So that's been super useful for me to, like, uh, you know, go halfway in the gaming pool to the point where you can play happily and don't feel like you're drowning, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Yeah, totally. So I've enjoyed that, especially after our, after our break. It's been, it's been good to recontextualize that for me. Totally. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, a good, a, story games I can get super lost in. It's just I, I, like, choose to do it. There's a notable time that when I first, when I played Tomb, the Tomb Raider 2013 mm -hmm. uh, for the first time, I played it for, like, nine hours yeah. and forgot that, like, nine hours had passed. Like, I forgot to eat or pee or do anything because all I knew was Tomb Raider. But it's I didn't feel, wild. and I did feel, like, woozy, but I didn't feel, like, and bad about that because well, it was so um but uh, and it cyanara wild hearts if i'm if i recontextualize my relationship to it as that same thing if i let go and i'm not like perfectionistic about it and just let myself enjoy it again um but yeah but it's games uh tetris 99 there was something about the, the competitive aspect there was mm. some uh I, <laughs> I used to be this way about puzzle pirates so bad yeah you told me about pirates puzzle like pirates four or five in the morning uh, holler at us on social media or email uh, if you used to play Puzzle Pirates or if you still play Puzzle Pirates and would still want to play Puzzle Pirates with me, uh, even though I shouldn't play Puzzle Pirates. The Carpentry game particularly, it was all just spatial reasoning. Anyway, um, r b games that are, like for me, like simple machines. It's like the basis level lizard brain thought. Mm, mm -hmm. I get like addicted to that thing. I wonder if um, that has anything to do with the differences between ADHD and OCD oh, and absolutely. the ways that anxiety uh, expresses itself in both of those I think um, that neurodivergences. Is a, a, a great point, and I, I think, yeah, I think mine absolutely has I know to yours is ADHD, ADHD um, and I suspect quite highly that mine is OCD and PTSD, which uh, can often, mm -hmm. you know, fuck and make it really miserable to be in your yeah, head. Yeah, fuck, but like, but, but like, like nasty, Tim and but Jenny not hot, nasty. Like, yeah, just like that, just like Tim and Jenny on season one of the L Word. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, that's that's how it feels. But I think, yeah, I I fully empathize with your experience of the video games, um, and I appreciate you sharing your experience i appreciate you sharing your experience well this has been if it's gay we play uh, uh, uh a, a, not i was gonna say sober but like in the figurative obviously not the literal sense yeah a a well-reasoned discussion of a podcast yes this time 
because I'm slowing down and you're letting go because it's 2020, baby. It is 2020. Fill your baby. life with laughter and love. Yes. Um, fill our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter DMs with messages. Those <laughs> things are all at gay gamers, G A Y G A M E R Z. The Z is because we're hip and cool. You can email us at ifitsgayweplay at gmail.com. Uh, give us suggestions for games you want us to play. We might actually start. We'll take those at some point, I promise. If you have ever sent us a game suggestion, someday we'll I'm play I'm still it, waiting on Monster Prom. We'll do it. We'll get there. We're very busy people. Uh, we're not two years busy. Come on. We're a little bit two years busy. All anyway. Right. Um, hit us up on Facebook. Watch out for live things coming up this summer. Uh, the Wit Theater Company, Shakespeare. We're remounting, remounting Twelfth Night at the beginning of the summer, and I would really like to be in it. This isn't like me pitching to be in it. It's just like, hopefully, you can come see me in it. Did you say that listeners can email us at if it's give play at gmail dot com, and sure they did. can also rate and review us on iTunes. I haven't gotten there yet, but they can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and they should. It's not iTunes. It. It's Apple Podcasts. Whatever. They should do that, and we love it. Uh, and in Google Play or wherever else you listen. I don't care. I love it. Remember that song? Yeah, I do. You, yeah. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, whatever the equivalent of that is on wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do that thing. Thank you to our producer Aaron, both for producing this show and for being very sexy. And, and our theme song for write, writing and making our theme song he's a good boy and he's very sexy and he's very sexy we love his vibe we love his vibe that's pretty much all i got kai got anything else no great well thanks for listening to us still and we're excited to be back and we're still excited to do more things we have some fun things coming up i have i had a really fun idea today for uh march madness next month so yes i love our march madness brackets yes it will be fun stay tuned and we love you and keep playing it and keep being games and fuck, fuck shit, shit up, up. Goodbye. goodbye